been thinking about over the last three weeks that we've kicked into the year, New Year's resolutions, and uh, we've been thinking about what are God's resolutions for us, and we're going to continue that this morning. But uh, I came across something uh, during the week that I thought would be a good way to kick this off, so we're just going to watch that first. Hello, it's me. I've avoided you forever while consuming calories. I love donuts, mac and cheese. They say kale is antioxidants, but I'm anti-leafy greens. Hello, can you save me? I'm in callous fan extreme about Netflix and Mickey D's. When I was younger, these jeans used to fit me. Now my booty's got them bursting at the seams. There's more circumference to my gut and no gap between my thighs. Cravings for some fries I did one push up in a cry And my glutes up shaking Every time that I lunge And this gluten-free bread Tastes just like a sponge Fanatic. I know what you're gonna say. I'll get addicted once I'm at it. And I know you mean well. But if you shout at me just one more time, I might commence to snap. And it's no secret that Zumba class is the last thing on.
hands up with them. I'm with them. What do you reckon? Anti Greenleaf, it's got to be. Anti Oxford, that's great, isn't it? Uh, we're a bit like that, aren't we? We get to this point where it's New Year's resolutions, we put all these things together, but really, do we want to do all that fitness? Well, maybe we should. Uh, but we do that, don't we? Often uh, resolutions happen at times when uh, we might look at ourselves in the mirror and think, ah! uh, it happens when there's big things that happen around us, events, circumstances, we decide that we're going to live a particular way because of that. Well, we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks that God has resolutions for us that go for the whole of our life. Uh, not just in circumstances that are bad or those that are good or when we look in the mirror, but through the whole of our life, for every aspect of our life. Uh, and we've looked at them, haven't we, over the last three weeks, we looked at the first one is that we are to trust God in everything. Uh, we are to see that we are to witness to God in all of our life and that we are to be disciples who are discipling others daily. Well, today we're going to look at the base of all of that, uh, the one that holds it all together, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 22. It's going to go on the screen, uh, but you can open up and have a look on the Bibles as well. Uh, for guys, oh, I can click that, can't I, guys? Uh, look at there, 22 verse 34, you might have heard it, it's the greatest commandment. Uh, can I ask the people here in the back row, can you read that? Where's Lynn Reed? She's not here. She's out the back. Uh, she told me she couldn't read the 24 font, so I've gone to 28 font. Can we read it? If not, I'm going to have to go to 32. <laughs> it says there, uh, Jesus has been uh, speaking for quite a while now, out and teaching for a number of years now, and uh, some Sadducees, are uh, there people who are really right into the law, uh, the Jewish law at the time, want to try and confuse him. And so they came up and asked him a question. So they said this, Hearing that Jesus silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. Uh, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets Hang on these two commandments. Love God, love others. It's great, isn't it? So simple in one sense, but yet so deep in another, aren't they? God's resolution for you and I in the whole of life for everything that we are to do is to love God and to love others. I love uh, that picture, isn't it, of an iceberg. So simple on the top, but yet so deep underneath that it grows and is bigger. And in one sense, this is what this commandment is. This is what this resolution is that God is giving us to love God and to love others. It's so simple, but yet it is so deep and so big and so amazing when we actually delve in and think about how that impacts and evaluates our lives. And it's not that it becomes more complicated, is it? It's not that God wants to make this more difficult and make more rules or regulations, but he says that this so simple resolution impacts everything that we do and can drive everything that we're on about in the whole of our life. In one sense, it is a KISS principle, isn't it? It's keep it simple, stupid. It's a great principle. Uh, Most of us here love that idea, don't we? 
I know that Ben has, or I'm not sure whether he still has it, but he used to have across his desk, simple or simplify. Bring it back to the core, bring it back to the base. And that's what Jesus is saying here, isn't it? They tried to trick him, they tried to confuse him, they tried to say, you know, of the over 600 laws that we have, and even the Ten Commandments that we have, Jesus, what is it? What is the most important? I'm going to try and convince, trying to make it complicated, I'm trying to confuse you here, but Jesus brings it down to the simple two things. Love God and love others. But yet so deep. Love God, love others. And if we get this right, and if we get the base of this right, then the rest of it will stand together. The rest of all the other resolutions that we have will be able to build out of that. To disciple, disciple others daily comes out of our love for God and love for others. Our witnessing to Jesus, to the whole world, our whole life, comes out of loving God and loving others. Trusting God in everything comes out of loving God and loving others. Uh, we went on a trip recently and on a cruise and one of the things that, on one of the islands that we went to, uh, we were just walking around and then we noticed that all the dancers and the singers had got together on the island and they decided they were going to make a human pyramid. And those who do human pyramids, who a couple of girls over there who do this regularly, know that the base is most important. The bottom level. If you don't get that bottom level right, and it all crashes, doesn't it? Well, these guys on the cruises, I thought they were smart, but they weren't as smart as they thought, and they stuck a little person amongst the whole lot on the bottom, and guess what? It crashed. It didn't work. The base is where it is to be, isn't it? Everything else builds upon that. To love God and to love others is the base upon which the rest of our lives is to be built on. Everything that we do, everything that is around us, every aspect of our lives is to be built upon this. Jesus says this is the key, this is the answer, this is where it is, this is where it's at. To love God and to love others. And you notice that it's couched in a commandment, isn't it? And when we think commandment, we think rules, don't we? But actually they're not rules, are they? The difference that it's about relationship, isn't it? The key to life, the base to life, is all about relationship. Our base for life is not rules; it is loving relationships. It's so simple, but we miss it so often, don't we? Our base to our life is loving relationships, loving God, and loving others. And the really great thing about this is that we don't have to do it ourselves because God first loved us. That's the beauty of this commandment, this resolution that God, as Jesus has told us, that comes from pulling together all the Ten Commandments into two, love God, love others. It pulls all the laws together. It's love God, love others. It pulls all of life together. Love God, love others. And it all because God loved us first. And if you want to flip a gloss to 1 John 4, 9, 10, have a look at it later. But you'll see that it's about how God loved us first in his son Jesus so that we then are able to love him. 
But you see, we cannot love God first until we realise that God's loved us first. It's only because of him first. You see, in our lives, we tend to walk away from stuff, don't we? It's a difficult thing. And in our lives generally, and you and I, in, on, in and of ourselves, actually walk away from God. We've actually turned our back on God and we want to go our own way. We think that life's all about us and all about what we're on about and what we do and it's all about what we can get and we turn our backs on God and we walk away from him. And what that means is that we can't and don't experience his love. And if we continue to walk that way, then God will give us what we deserve, a life without him. And God knows we're going to keep walking that distance unless he steps in. And he did, didn't he? That's the great news. God stepped in. He clears the fog, he grabs us and he turns us around, he faces us, he says, I love you. I love you so much. Even before you loved me, you didn't love me, you walked away with me, but I've loved you so much. And he demonstrates that love for us because he sends his son Jesus to die for us. That's how he demonstrates his love for us. That's how he shows his love for us. That's how he turns us around so that we can experience his love. He does that in Jesus. Uh, if You might know I don't cook a whole lot at home, but I cook every now and then, but I can cook an omelette. Now imagine that I invite you over to have an omelette with me. And I've got my eggs and I'm going to do a six omelette, six egg omelette for you. And I say, well, okay, I'm going to grab the eggs. I've got them. I crack the first one. Beautiful. Grab the second one. Beautiful. Fourth, fifth. I get to the last one and I crack it and it is foul. It stinks. It is horrible. Dogs are crying in the street. Babies are being pulled off the equipment and run home. It is foul. It is terrible. It's the worst egg you could possibly imagine. But I think I've only got six. It's got to be a six egg omelette. I've got that. I'll just chuck it in. They won't know. They won't realise. Wouldn't work, would it? That egg goes in and moves amongst the whole of that omelette and destroys the whole omelette. And you see, you and I have done that to God, haven't we? When we've decided to run our lives our way and not his way, when we've decided that we know what's best and he doesn't, then we start to do things that he doesn't like and that's called sin and that impacts every part of our life and goes through the whole of our life. But the great news is that God doesn't leave us that way. He comes in and he actually can remove that horrible egg that is a part of us and make us good omelettes again. Fantastic, isn't it? You see, God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you to remove that bad egg to make us good omelettes again so that we could be in relationship with him forever and in a living, loving relationship with him forever. That's how much God loves you. And it's when we realise how much God loves us that we're able to love him back. And we won't do it unless we realise that. 
quite amazing, isn't it, how Jesus has put that all together? Do you realise that? Can I encourage you to take some time to think that through? That before you even thought about loving God, he loved you. Even while you turned your back on him, he loved you. And he loved you so much that he gave his son for you. When you didn't deserve it, when you didn't think you even needed or wanted it, he's done that. When we truly understand that, when that truly enters our heart, when that becomes part of who we are, when we put our trust in that, then we will love God. Then we will be able to love him with all that we are. Because it will be a life in response to what he's done for us, that he loved us first. Because you notice what God, Jesus says. He says that we are to notice the number of times all is mentioned. Did you see that? Jesus replied, love the God, your Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. There's no love him with a little bit of it. Yeah, love him with just your right arm. Love him with just a little bit of your left ear. Love him with all of who you are. God wants all of us to love him. It's about every aspect of us loving him. Uh, who knows the dance hokey pokey? Put your right arm in. Put your... Now what do you do at the end? You put your whole self in, don't you? And you shake it all about. And says that's what God's asking for us to put our whole self in and to shake us all about for him. That's all of us, every aspect of us, our minds, our emotions, our feelings, our life, every part of it is to be a life lived out in love of him. And a life lived out in love of him is a life seen in loving others. You see, every part of your life is to be an act of love to God. And we're going to think a whole lot more about that as this term goes on, as we think about being saturated by Jesus. But that's a great thing to be praying, isn't it? To praying that every part of our life is an act of love to God. Because he first loved you. You see, we will never truly be able to love anyone completely unless we firstly remember that our base, who we are, our identity, is the fact that God has loved us first. Completely. Because everything else we do apart from that will be to be liked or to get somewhere or to have something, or to be, it'll be because we want to build up our identity and then that lets us down all the time. But God's love never lets us down. You see, 
To love God completely, we need to realise that he loves us first. To love others completely, we need to realise that God loves us first. To love others, to love God, because God loved us first in Jesus. Can I encourage you to take time this week and just think that through, pray that through, ask God to fill your life of his love, to understand his love for you in Jesus. Ask his spirit to really embed that into us because we will not overflow with God's love unless we know his love from within. As we understand his love from within through Jesus and as his spirit blows it out through us, then that will flow out to us and we will be able to love others unconditionally, not expecting anything back, not having our identity wrapped up in whether they love us back or not, not expecting people to like us because of that or getting something out of them because of that because we'll be so indwelt by the love of God within that it won't be shaken by those things. Because love crosses all barriers, doesn't it? I just thought that was a corny picture, really. You see, when Jesus speaks about this in the book of Luke, he then gives the example of the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan story is about how love goes across every barrier, across all barriers. There is nothing that the love of God, when it is indwelt with you, that you can't cross over and to love everyone and anyone from everywhere doesn't matter whether they look different to you. doesn't matter whether they believe something different to you. doesn't matter whether they like you or not. That love crosses all barriers. That's what the Good Samaritan story is because the Good Samaritan story is the story of Jesus who crosses the greatest barrier, who comes from beside the Father in perfect eternity and comes and crosses the barrier into our broken, mucked up, messy world for you and I. crosses all barriers. I don't know whether you can read that. It doesn't look quite as good as it did on my screen. Uh, there's a little mem going around on Facebook at the moment. My sister sent one to me, as she does with lots of things. Uh, this is supposed to be a quote from Eminem, but it's not actually a quote from Eminem at all. Um, it's by another guy uh, who was giving a graduation speech. But it was interesting because there's some really good something, but there's something at the end that just isn't quite right, is it? Uh, listen to this. Uh, I don't care if you're black and white, straight, bisexual, gay, lesbian, short, tall, fat, skinny, rich or poor. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Simple as that. And I reckon there was about 400 likes on that after my sister passed it up. And I sent something back to her and said, well, Jesus says, I don't care if you're black and white, blah, blah, blah. But he says this at the end. I don't care if you're black or white, straight, bisexual, gay, lesbian, short, fat, tall, skinny, rich or poor. I will love you because God first loved me. Simple as that. You see, Jesus transforms it, doesn't it? That is a love that this world doesn't know, understand. It would love that type of love. And that's the type of love that God shows to us in Jesus and that's the type of love that he wants us to show to others. To love God 
and to love others. And we can only do that as we understand how God sees you and me. He loves you. He truly loves you so much. We've let it rattle off our tongues, don't we? We sing it at times. We mention it there, but he truly does. So much that he gave up his son, Jesus, for you. That's how he sees you, as his beloved. And when we understand that, it enables us to love others, doesn't it? Uh, one of the things that uh, I was challenged about, someone said that if we are to love God and to love others, then a good way to think about that is that we are to love others as if they were our brothers or sisters. And so when someone comes to you and they're part of your family and then they don't do what exactly you wanted them to do, Rather than saying, write them off, rather than saying, I'll get back at them, rather than doing whatever you think is your first response to that, have this thought in your mind first. If they were my brother or my sister, how would I love them? That's assuming that you love your brothers and sisters, isn't it, I suppose? But that's this concept, isn't it, that it's got to go bigger and deeper and broader and wider than anything we've possibly imagined, that this love that God has got within us is so great. It's just burst out of us to others around us. To love God and to love others. It's a lifetime resolution, isn't it? It's a resolution to base all other resolutions on. It is the thing that holds it all together and brings it all together because God first loved us. It's so simple but yet so deep that sometimes we miss it and we get caught up on all the other things that we think we should be doing to be right with God or to do other things to others. But really it's so simple, Jesus says. Bring it back to the base. Love God and love others. I don't know whether I've told you this story before, but I read in an article uh, that in, a, in New York there's a rule now that you, because uh, it's so congested and so many people around, uh, that you can't bury your cat or your dog when it dies. Uh, you've actually got to have the council, you ring them up, get the council to come across, they come and get it and they'll charge you $50 to take your cat and dog and get rid of it. Dispose of it nicely, I suppose, is a way to put it. Um, and there's something like 8 million cats and 11 million dogs in New York City. That is a lot, isn't it? Phenomenal amount. I can understand the dogs, but the cats, who would have that? No. Um, 8 million, 11 million, that's a phenomenal amount. Well, one young, enterprising young lady decided that, uh, well, she's going to make some money out of this, so she put in an ad in the newspaper that she would uh, take your cat or your dog and uh, dispose of it appropriately for $25. Great idea. And so what she did, 
uh, they found out is that uh, she got the phone call and found out where the address was and when she found out where the address was, she'd go off to uh, Vinnie's on the way and buy a $2 case, she'd uh, suitcase, she'd go across, she'd get the animal, place it in the suitcase and then she'd walk down to the subway. Uh, and then what she would do, she would place the case on the ground and then she would just accidentally walk away. And then what would happen within a minute? It would get pinched. Someone would take it and run off with it. And the great news is they'd run off and they'd find it and all that happens is a dead dog or a cat inside the suitcase. Fantastic idea, isn't it? 25 bucks, how simple. It's so great. People are going to try that everywhere, aren't they? But, you know, I think sometimes we as humans are a bit like those people who think, if I can just grab that case, that's going to be the answer. If I just get my exercise program right, that will be the answer. If I just get the best job, that will be my answer. If I just have the right partner, that will be my answer. But ultimately, they're all dead dogs and dead cats. There's only one that lasts for eternity, isn't there? That's knowing that God loves us so much and he wants us to love him with all of us, with every part of us. And he wants us to love others with the love that he has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we sometimes want to complicate life. Sometimes we want to complicate what it is to be a follower of you. Sometimes we want to add rules and regulations and dress codes and proper singing and way that we do stuff, Lord. But Jesus, you've just brought it down to the key, down to the base down to what life is all about. Loving God and loving others out of knowing that we are loved by you. Heavenly Father, we pray that that will sink in, that that will penetrate our souls, that by your Spirit, Lord, you will drive that into us and that out of us, out of us Lord, will come a love your love that is so transforming, that is so life-changing, that will be a light that shines your love to the world around us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.